Welcome to What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. In this week's episode, I have Maggie Ann Martin, whose sophomore release, to be honest, comes out on August the 21st from Swoon Reads. Maggie's debut release, The Big F, came out just last summer, so we talked a lot about what it's been like having two books released so close together. So listen in. So Maggie, what book hooked you? That is such a good question. I've been thinking about that a lot. I actually think it was a couple of books at different times in my life that hooked me. So the first books that hooked me as a reader uh, were the Junie B. Jones books by Barbara Park. So I had a uh, English teacher when I was in second or third grade that would read it to us out loud every day. Um, and then from then on, I went and read the Junie B. Jones books on my own. And those kind of made me a reader. So those were the books that hooked me into becoming a reader. And then I obviously got into Harry Potter. I feel like that's such a cliche answer to give. But um, Harry Potter was a huge influence on my life and um, really got me into sort of the YA space. But what really hooked me in YA was Twilight. And <laughs> as much as I hate to admit that Twilight was really what got me into YA, it totally was. And um, I was addicted to anything that you could find in the YA section that was related to Twilight. Like anything Stephanie Meyer would recommend on her blog. Like I'm pretty sure she recommended the Hunger Games on her blog. And so I have a first edition of the Hunger Games because Stephanie Meyer told me to read it. Um, but I loved loved Twilight. Um, and that definitely got me into uh, the YA uh, reading space. Um, it's surprising to me, actually, that I write contemporary fiction now, because so much of my experience with YA was, you know, paranormal and fantasy. Um, I really didn't get into contemporary YA until I started watching the Vlogbrothers and started reading John Green and that led me to Rainbow Rowell um, and then eventually Becky Albertalli. So I really got into contemporary YA kind of late. Um, and so, yeah, John Green hooked me on contemporary YA, which may be another cliche answer, but uh, <laughs> those are, I would say those are all the books that really hooked me at different moments in my life. And so, you know, I think you have a a path that I think of a lot of other authors that I've talked to and definitely Twilight is one of those big tentpoles. Judy B. Jones, I have a uh, a nine-year-old right now and that's the book she's uh, going through all of those right now, especially with uh, Summer and the Summer Reading Program at the yeah. library. And so then at what point in time in your life did you uh, kind of get it in your head that you wanted to create your own stories? Literally since birth. <laughs> I want to say I like walked around with a notebook and a pen like in diapers. Um, I have plenty of embarrassing notebooks and journals filled with little stories that I wrote growing up all over my parents' house. Um, I kind of always knew I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't think it was a possibility until um, I got into high school and I had some teachers that started telling me that hey, this could be something that you could pursue in college, or this is something that you should look into for a future career. Um, but it was always something that I loved to do. I liked to write the stories that I wasn't finding um, on the bookshelf. So 
anytime that it, a lot of my first books that I wrote are very, very like loosely veiled um, copies of books that I was reading at the time. Like I have a, a really old manuscript that will never see the light of day that I had just read um, the City of Bones books by Cassandra Clare and they are very similar but I was like this is my own story like this is from my own brain uh but it was it was basically a ripoff of City of Bones but um I went through a lot of a lot of manuscripts that were really based kind of off of what I was being inspired by and so when you're creating these these manuscripts was it with any intention of actually uh getting them out there into the world uh, were you proactive about that or was it more just you were creating these for yourself on your spare time in your bedroom and then you may have had dreams of being a big author, but you didn't, weren't necessarily, that wasn't necessarily your reality at that point in time. Yeah. Um, they, they were definitely just for me for a very long time. Um, and then when I got into college, I started writing, um, the big F, which is my first book that came out this past summer. Um, and I started writing that my freshman year of college um, just for fun because I was going through a lot of similar experiences to my main character, Danielle, like going through my first year of college. And it was kind of like a fun catharsis to like put down into words what I was feeling. Um, and it was totally just for me. And then I let it sit for about six months and picked it back up my sophomore year of college and really polished it and then started sending it out on um, like to pitch competitions on Twitter um, and then was trying to search for an agent. And then around that time I had had a friend, uh, Lydia Albano that published a book with Swoon Reads and Swoon Reads is my publisher. Um, they are um, a crowdsourced imprint with Macmillan. So anyone can upload their manuscript to the Swoon Reads website uh, you don't have to be agented. It can anyone can put a manuscript up there to be considered for publication, and they choose about three to four every quarter to actually publish. And she had just gotten her selected, and we had met through um, this website called Figment that you could put writing up on. Um, and I loved Figment, like so sad that Figment is gone now. Uh, just on a whim, I was like, "Hey, like, what if, what do I have to lose to upload?" this manuscript to Swoon Reads, not thinking anything would come of it. Um, I had actually decided to like stop querying agents at that point too on that manuscript. I was like, I guess this one's just not going to be the one, but I'll give it one last shot submitting to Swoon Reads. We'll see what happens. Like really not thinking anything would happen. Um, and then much to my very pleasant surprise, um, I got an email from my now editor, Emily at Swoon Reads saying that she wanted to talk to me about the book. And then the book deal happened and now I am so honored to be publishing a second book with Swoon Reads and it's been kind of a weird wild journey to uh, like tra traditional publishing. I say sure. that in air quotes, but um, yeah, I, I like to say I took a really uh, untraditional route to be like traditionally published by a big five publisher. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then what happens then? So you upload to Swoon Reads, they pick it, uh, here you are without an agent. Uh, so at that point, do you uh, try to go and find one or what do you do at that point? Sure. Um, so I'm still not represented by anyone, actually. 
Um, and it's worked out for me so far. Um, just with where I am in my career, I'm really happy with swoon reads right now. Um, I think maybe down the line, it, it would make sense to pursue an agent, but for now, like this is completely working for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of, there's about half of the swoon reads authors right now have an agent, half don't. And it really depends on the person and what their plans are for their career, um, whether it makes sense for them to have an agent. And for me right now, this is like an awesome opportunity to kind of, um, you know, represent myself while I still can. Um, so yeah, right now I'm, I'm happy with how it is, but yeah, you to be with Swoon, you don't have to be agented, which I think it was an interesting opportunity. And I'm, I'm so thankful that it worked out for me because I could still be sitting here looking for an agent like three years after, but instead I'm sitting here with my second book just about to come out because they trusted me and took a chance on me uh, without an agent. So yeah, it's worked out so far. That's great. That's great. And so we'll get to your second book, but since uh, it was just last year that your debut came out. We'll talk about that for a little bit. So your debut uh, last August was The Big F. Uh, mm -hmm. So you told us it had a lot to do with you as a college freshman. So give us kind of the synopsis of what that book is about. Sure. Well, I say now that it's based off a lot of uh, my experiences, but the premise, thankfully, is not my experience. So Danielle... Uh, just finished her senior year of high school and she finds out that she has failed her senior year English class and that her admission to Ohio State has been revoked her early admission uh, because she doesn't meet the stipulations uh, to get into her program anymore. Um, and the kicker is her mom is a college psychic, um, meaning she helps kids get into the college of their dreams. Like she has really good connections with uh, admissions at different colleges and kind of can figure out the uh, deeper depths of people to figure out, you know, what they actually want to do with their lives. And so it kind of um, compromises her livelihood, but her daughter doesn't actually end up getting into the college that she was like destined to go to. So that's where we start is Danielle uh, coming clean to her mom that she will not be going to Ohio state in the fall. Um, but she'll be making up classes at the local community college. Um, and so through that process, she actually sort of finds out what actually makes her happy, what she actually wants to study in school, um, contrary to what her mom sort of dreamed for her, like the future that her mom dreamed for her um, all along. She works at a bookstore. Um, her childhood crush that lived next door growing up moves back into town. So she kind of rekindles a romance with him so it's it's about growing up and learning what makes you happy and following your own path that's great and so in writing this because i know uh you know you mentioned that you were in college when you were doing this uh so and you also mentioned you know uh, the figment website and that whole online community so was that was most of your uh, support with your writing uh, through the writing community, through Figment, or did you have some sort of support or some sort of uh, community uh, at college or among friends, whether in college or, or in other parts of your life that kind of helped you through this writing process? Sure, definitely. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of uh, close friends still from Figment that 
they were beta readers for me and were a support system. Like Lydia, I mentioned earlier, she's been a constant for like six or seven years now. Um, and then I, at the time, was uh, studying English at the University of Iowa. So I was able to find really like-minded people um, at school who were also interested in doing uh, genre fiction and not, you know, the literary fiction that um, a lot of our professors were kind of hoping that <laughs> we would do. There was, there was always a kind of a bias towards really like literary fiction versus sure. YA, but I found my tribe. Um, and then actually book Twitter was great. That's where I met a lot of my writing friends. Um, I mentioned that I did some Twitter pitch competitions. I met a lot of people through there. Um, book Twitter in like 2016 was awesome. I mean, not that it's not awesome still, but I felt like that was a really, um, connected and, um, happy time for writers and readers on Twitter. The Big F just came out uh, last August, and so now this August, the 21st, uh, you have your second book, uh, To Be Honest. And so let's start talking about that and give us the synopsis of this book, uh, To Be Honest. Sure. So To Be Honest follows Savannah, who is going into her senior year of high school, and she has just dropped her older sister and very best friend in the world, Ashley, off to college. And so now she is home alone with her mother who has just gotten off of a weight loss reality show, uh, sort of like the biggest loser. I call it shake the weight um, in the book. And so while she's living at home with her mom, her mom is constantly trying to get her to buy into these kind of, not even kind of like very unhealthy uh, dieting and exercise regimens that she's picked up on this show just because any show where you're losing like that extreme amount of weight um, in that short of time, it's not healthy. And so she's trying to push these um, ideals onto her daughter. And uh, Savannah has recently found, you know, the body positive and fat positive community. And she's really trying to stick to her guns and be true to herself while her mom is trying to get her to um, cave into doing all of these um, like diet and weight monitoring tendencies so there's this tension between the two of them um and then on top of that we have her going into her senior year thinking that she's going to go to the same school as her sister ashley um, when her teachers are telling her oh no you like you could be going to bigger schools on scholarship but she has felt such safety and security with her sister that she believes that she should just go to this like the state school that her sister is at so it's about her kind of coming into her own and finding her voice um and learning that even when the loudest voice that kind of opposes what you believe in is your parents you can still you know stick to being true to yourself that's great and so with you know the big f you kind of said where that kind of came up uh out of as far as the idea wise. So with this one, to be honest, where was uh, the idea there that started you off on writing this story? Sure. Um, so for, to be honest, I came up with this idea. Actually, um, I was in a creative writing class at the university of Iowa. It was a couple of years after I'd written uh, the big F and we were doing just a simple, like, I don't even remember like stupid writing 
prompt exercise in that class and somehow Savannah came onto the page and I was like, wow, she is funny and um, really like blunt, which I am not. So it's kind of fun to write a character that, you know, speaks her mind very bluntly. Um, And from there, actually for that class, we had to develop a book proposal. So I sort of loosely developed a book proposal that kind of resembles what became to be honest so that was kind of fun that you know something you created for a class and I got to workshop a lot of the chapters with my peers at the University of Iowa so it's kind of fun that it's becoming an actual book now I mean a lot of it's changed but it's fun that that was its origin but um I actually growing up I never thought that I could write a main character that gets her own romantic plotline that was fat. So it was kind of liberating in a way to write this story and be able to say like, no, like, hell yeah, fat girl can have her own rom-com book. Like this is a thing that can exist and I can write it. And so again, it was, it was just really liberating to be able to write. And I want to continue to do that because I think we need more of those stories out there to tell, um, fat girls, fat people in general, that they deserve to have those kind of stories too. It doesn't all have to be about them going on a diet to figure out um, the rest of their life. Like they can just have a normal story. So. And so then what has it been like for you? You know, you had started this story uh, in college and and now it's going to get the publication and, and just how uh, robust now the YA category, as far as the landscape is for stories I like to be honest that are that are you know body positive, uh, you know. Whereas before it was there wasn't much there, and now it just seems that there's so many voices and so many different stories now uh, to reach readers uh, on this topic. It's awesome. Um, it it makes me so happy because I wish there was this kind of selection when I was growing up. Um, really, the first time I ever saw. Um, a fat character represented positively like in any sort of media was not until I was a senior in high school in like 2012 when I watched my mad fat diary. It's a a British dramedy and it's amazing and beautiful. And I love that show and will recommend it to literally anyone. Um, But that was the first time that I'd ever seen someone on either on film or in a book tell a fat character, like you're okay the way you are. And, um, everyone else around you is wrong and like be yourself. And I was like, wow, um, that's crazy that this is the first time that I've ever seen something like this. And then I went and searched for books that had a similar message. And um, I mean, in YA, it wasn't really until um, Dumplin' by Julie Murphy came out that I was like, okay, here we've got a character that, um, you know, she is confident in herself and doesn't go on a diet arc and I was like this is incredible and amazing and I hope that this trend continues and thankfully it has we have so many different voices telling stories about fat uh, characters um, we obviously have put in by Julie Murphy Julie Murphy um, out now and um, Becky Albertalli's books um, the Upside of Unrequited and Leon the Offbeat just came out this year. So that's great. We have Amy Spaulding's um, The Summer of Jordy Perez. Um, 
We have Fat Girl on a Plane by Kelly DeVos. We, we have so many coming out. We have so many stories now for people to choose from, to hear different experiences from fat characters. Like all of these characters are so different and they go through such different um, stories and experiences. And that's awesome. Like we need some diversity in telling uh, the stories of fat characters. And so your uh, experience as a writer is very unique because here you're, you know, you had your debut uh, just came out last summer and now here you are almost, it'll almost be one exact year from the previous release to this release uh, with your second book. So obviously, you know, in, in publishing, there's so much uh, hype and, and love and celebration around, you know, your debut release. So does it feel a lot different now this summer uh, compared to last summer that this is your sophomore uh, book now? Um, it feels way different. I'm much less stressed out. <laughs> um, and it felt like it went by so much quicker. I just remember uh, looking at the calendar all of my debut year and being like, how is it only April? How is it only May? Like, when is August coming? Whereas this year, I feel like it's flown by. So that's been a major difference. I feel like a lot of pressure is off in a way um, just because people have heard my voice before. Um, I know that I know that there's always going to be people who like don't enjoy my writing and people who will like it, but it's nice to know that there's already some people out there that have read something and enjoyed it that I, that I put out. So it's, it's different in that it's, much less stressful. <laughs> um, but it's also different in that this book is much more personal to me than um, the big F was not like there are so many pieces in me that are in that story. But um, to be honest, hits really close to home um, in a lot of ways. So um, right now, like I'm just excited for people to um, read it and hopefully see themselves in Savannah's story. And um, I hope it opens the door for more people to write um, positive stories about uh, fat characters. I'm, I'm just, I'm hopeful that mm -hmm. this just keeps the momentum going that has already been started. Sure. And then I'm wondering, because the books were so close together or are so close together, uh, was this a situation where was, to be honest, more or less done uh, by the time last summer that the Big F came out? Or or how did they kind of end up shaking out as far as completion of these things? Yeah, um, it should have been done <laughs> by the time that uh, the Big F came out. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a toughie to write. And I think a lot of people will tell you this, that sophomore books are a beast and they're hard. Um, and you have that I know I said before that it's less stressful this time, but you, when you're drafting it, you have that a different kind of pressure where you're on a deadline with an editor who's expecting um, like your manuscript. So um, it was, it was a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah. It should have been done <laughs> when the, uh, the big F came out, but I wrapped up um, drafting in about September of, 2017 and then went into copy edits and we were done by December of 2017. 
So it was close it, to when the Big F came out, but I was technically a little bit behind schedule and we were pushing it to get this book out in August, but I'm glad it was out a year later and it was a definitely a personal challenge in time management, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I'm glad it's out a year later, just keeping that momentum going. And so now, you know, and I agree, I can only imagine that it is a relief that, you know, it to get that second one out, that it wasn't just, you know, a strike of lightning that first time and now to have two books. So how, when you think about last summer or what went into that book uh, that eventually came out last summer to now where you're obviously working on projects beyond, uh, to be honest, how has your maybe method or attitude towards writing changed? Um. So for that one, I was, for to be honest, when I was drafting it, it was, I was chaotic. Like I would take weekends and write like 30,000 words to get it drafted. And I'm trying to be uh, more scheduled now so that I'm not doing that. And my fingers aren't like puffing up (laughs) by the end of the weekend from typing so much. Um, But for me, like it was personally kind of a hard book to write. So I would just have to do it in chunks and then take a break when I was drafting at least. Um, So yeah, I was, it was chaos drafting that one and I would never go that route again. Um, So for this, this time I've been trying to be a little bit more scheduled with, uh, you know, the word counts that I'm hitting uh, every couple weeks. A few questions now as we wind down. First one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? Ooh, um, Pride and Prejudice. So (laughs) anything Jane Austen, I'm a huge Janeite. So any of the Jane Austen books that were made into movies, I have watched a million times. And Colin Firth is Mr. Darcy. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I love like period movies. Uh And so um, I can binge a whole weekend on any of the Jane Austen books. I are Jane Austen books turns movies. Um, I also loved um, the Far From the Matting Crowd movie. I, I never read the book, but I love that movie. Like I could watch that movie like every day on repeat. Um, and then in the YA space for book turn movie, um, I just watched the Everything Everything movie uh, based off of the book by Nicola Yoon. And I really enjoyed that. And I felt like it didn't get much attention when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is, but I really enjoyed it and thought it was a beautiful, uh, quiet YA. Great. And then next question, is there a book or a series of books that you're willing to admit that you've either never read or just simply weren't able to finish? Sure. I know. I, As far as YA contemporary, like I hate to admit that I've never read any um, Adam Silvera like I haven't read more happy than not, or they both die at the end. And I've been told by so many people that they are must reads and I, I own them. I just have never picked them up and I feel really guilty about that. (laughs) Um, And then as far as fantasy goes, I've never read like the daughter of smoke and bone series um, by Lainey Taylor. Um, And I've also been told by a million people that those are must reads as well. So those are my two that, um, I keep telling myself that I'm going to pick them up and I feel like if I like, keep repeating it out loud, sure. like it'll eventually happen. <laughs> sure. 
And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Um, the last great book I read, um, I finished The Impossibility of Us by Katie Upperman. And Katie is another Swoon Reads author. She Her book came out, uh, her first book came out last summer at the same time as The Big F. And I loved her first book, Kiss A. Max Holden. But um, The Impossibility of Us is just beyond beautiful. Um, it's about uh, two characters that meet over the summer and um, their names are Elise and Maddie and Elise has a brother who was in Afghanistan and Maddie um, is an Afghan um, boy and they meet in this town and um, it's sort of their love story and how they can learn to love each other even when their families are kind of in opposition like her family um, isn't a huge fan of his family just because of the history of her brother serving and um i don't know if it's a spoiler to say that he dies i don't think it is (laughs) but um (laughs) her brother serving in afghanistan so there's that tension and it's just so beautiful and it sounds like it would be cheesy but like she handles it so well like she touches on so many serious topics with just like beautiful prose and like insight that's not judgmental and um i really really loved that and that book just came out um, at the end of July. So I would highly recommend picking that up. The Impossibility of Us by Katie Upperman. That's great. Well, Maggie, your second book, to be honest, comes out on August 21st from Swoon Reads. And I wish you and all future books all the best. Thank you so much. And that does it for another episode of What Book Cooked You. Special thanks to Maggie Ann Martin for joining me. Her book, To Be Honest, comes out on August 21st, and you can also check her debut release that's out now, The Big F. I want to thank you for listening, and if you haven't already, please rate and review us and share this podcast with others. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.